everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Room. I'm your host, Kyle, with AK, and today I have joining me the new blood, Brendan. Brendan, what's new? Uh, I have been still watching some more shorts. I thought I was done with them. I was not. Uh, still watching a lot of short films, so that's something. Uh, but besides that, I watched Halloween Kills. Ooh. Dare I say. Heard of it. Dare, dare it. Dare I say. You can't see me, but I'm doing like an evil finger tap. Uh, it may be one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Ever made. Okay. Ever made. We don't cover um, super mainstream horror movies, or at least we, we covered a few in the beginning, but um, actually Trick or Treat might be the most mainstream since like the fifth or sixth episode. But um, since we probably won't cover Halloween Kills, at least for a while, I would say, tell me, um, why is it possibly the greatest horror movie ever made to you, Brendan? Because evil dies tonight. Evil <laughs> dies tonight. <laughs> no, look. Obviously, I heard him say that about <laughs> ten times. Obviously, so, it's true. Oh, I heard it way more than that. <laughs> obviously, it's not the. I can understand how it's not an appealing film to a lot of people, and the fact that why why do you think it's not appealing to a lot of people? I think that uh, some of the some of the acting is a bit over the top. As much as I like Big John and Little John, uh, it felt like such a weird set of side characters that, unfortunately, I mean, I get that you know they lived in. I, I get the why they were characters in the movie. Um, it just felt it felt a bit bit off. But at the same point, I love Michael McDonald. And uh, who who was the other guy in that? His uh, Big John. He's, oh, uh, he's someone. From, he's from Mad TV. I forgot his name though. Uh, but I, th- they were both fantastic. And even though that you know their characters were just side plot, Michael just he's there because he has a connection to that place. Um, yeah, it would. I think I'm trying to toe the line. I'm trying to be an apologist when I shouldn't. I fucking love the movie. It is badass, balls to the wall. It's gutsy. Um, and it just puts itself out there and says, you're either going to like me or hate me, which is kind of the mother approach. Um, so I, I think that just on that, I will have to say it's one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Okay. Fair enough. Anything else? Uh, I think I've used up my allotment of time. Um, I feel like there ha- there there was like another something horror related. Did I did I tell you I watched something horror related recently? I feel like you did. I'm just drawing a blank right now. I feel like there was one other thing that I watched. I'm looking through your letterbox right now. I don't see anything like recently reviewed from you though. Okay, then I will um I will take my bow there. Fair enough. Also joining us, we have not one, but twoies. Ian, what's up? I want to die. Um, Tonight? 
other than are you, that, are you evil? I, I want evil? to die tonight. Sorry, go ahead. I don't get it. Um, so yeah, nothing, nothing new, nothing that new. Um, I woke up very hungover this morning. I got my car towed last night, and I went clubbing for the first time. So that was cool. Wait, um, but wait, wait, other wait. than oh, that, wait. what movies did I watch? Um, Let's back up for a second. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what the you fuck? said you went quote unquote clubbing. <laughs> wait, no, before uh, that, I got my car towed. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that. I think we need like a like a Cliff Notes version of this night, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, so I just uh, went downtown uh, Tucson clubbing for the first time with uh, some coworkers, and. Uh, Got the whole experience, and uh, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Where, where'd you go? I went to, uh, we went to High Vibes, High Fives, something like that first, and then we went to Zen's after okay. that. And uh, Wait, weren't, weren't you supposed to be going to a place called Slaughterhouse? Yeah, I was, but um, that just didn't uh, happen. Uh, okay. That, that that name is stuck in my head and based on the name alone that place sounds badass it's fun it's a lot of fun you would love it okay so when i come visit you guys we'll go there 100 percent. yes in the summer yeah. okay Not but tell, tell me about the the car towing oh yeah my car got towed <laughs> <laughs> were you illegally parked were you it was like, just like, uh, was it, it was actually a little odd the parking meter wasn't uh like available it wasn't working and i i was also the only car in that parking lot that got towed and i checked all the other vehicles and there wasn't any any five dollar ticket um mm. at the windows so uh a little sus a little sus my car is still uh i haven't picked it up yet actually uh <laughs> i'm probably gonna do that after this but uh yeah i guess i'm gonna try to fight those towers oh dude i called them last night because I, I actually didn't know my car got towed because i i just i was the only one that got uh my car stolen so i just assumed that it just got jacked um so i called the police and filed a report but the lady said that um it got towed so i called um i called the tow company and i talked to who is it joe spinell from maniac and it's <laughs> Just an absolute mouth breather, which is fine. You know, it's fine. There, there's good mouth breathers, but he was possibly the creepiest guy I've ever talked to. And it was not a pleasant experience. I was I, I, I was fine. It's, it's you know, it, it, stuff happens, but uh, I, I'm, I'm probably going to definitely fight the price to get my car back. Uh, that's for sure. Just because I was the only one that got towed and... A little salty, a little salty about that. Did did they say why you were the only one or not? He probably didn't like your Mexico Barbaros episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he did start singing the song though. And um, when I mentioned my car, I was like, he was like, "What car are you driving?" I was like, "Oh, it's a white <laughs> Nissan." He's like, "Oh, that one." I'm like, "Yeah, that one." And <laughs> this motherfucker, man. <laughs> Uh, what a bitch. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely going to mm, gonna rip that guy a new one. You got to um, put a couple of those nights under your belt, though. Like, they're required. Yeah, it's experience. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, what have you been watching, though? Uh, I watched quite a bit, quite a bit. 
I watched Sisters, which was a, it's a, it was on the Criterion, uh, it's a Criterion film, but it was on, I watched it on Hulu, and that was very disappointing. I know people like that, and I saw a lot of filmmakers recommended that movie, so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm in for it, but it was, it, it, it seemed so dated, which is odd for me, because I usually like that sort of thing, but it was like a bad dating like the the music was it was made in 1972 but it seemed more like a 50s 60s type of movie um and not like setting wise it just ugh, i don't know i just couldn't get into it for some reason was uh, it trying to be like a throwback to, to like 10 to 20 years ago or was it I just don't like think so I, okay. it, I it was just of its time it was it was i think it was just a modern 1972 film um, I also watched The Medium, which is a Thai film by the director mm-hmm. from Shudder. And I, I think he's just a one-hit wonder for me. I think he's just a one-hit wonder for me. Um, the Medium it had a really good um, intro, but then it just started getting super cliche and um, possession. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, I, I, it's called The Medium. I would have I expected to, to it. Oh, I can't speak right now. <laughs> I would have expected uh, for it to be more about the shamanism and yeah. um, like the setup that it had, but it was just more about the possession and um, it had a bunch of like uh, basic Thai um, scares that I, I wasn't into. And uh, yeah, it was just an overall, like it was an all right movie. Um, I also watched the Gamera films and those make me want to, <sighs> They just make me super depressed. <laughs> They're not well-made films at all. What made um, you want to buy these movies? It was super cheap, and the cover looked the the box set looked really dope. It did, yeah, yeah. And uh, man, I'm a sucker for Arrow Video, man. And this is this is the one Arrow Video uh, collection that I have that uh, did me wrong. It did me wrong. And I watched the first forget. movie. Sorry, don't what you uh, we forgot to uh, don't forget to use our code at checkout of Red <laughs> yes. Rum. That's OF Red Rum. <laughs> OF Red Rum. Um, yeah, it's the only um Aero video release that's that's done me wrong so far. It's just not. I'm just not into it. If I was watching it with someone, I'd probably uh, it'd probably be more enjoyable. But they they're just bad films. It's just a bad knockoff Godzilla. Um, I also watched Halloween Kills and um, didn't feel as strongly as Brendan did towards it. Probably not going to be the best horror movie ever made for me. Um, (laughs) But Little John and Big John were my favorite characters in that movie. And I think it was possibly the best part of that movie. Oh, wait, I there was a there was a little fight I wanted to pick on air with you, Ian. Um, (laughs) You Round didn't, one. <laughs> you didn't like. You didn't like Doctor Loomis. I thought that that was an incredibly clever, good-looking gimmick that they used to frame the film we were about to watch. First of all, first of He's all, he's again. <laughs> Wait, you didn't like Loomis and Kills? Me? No. Yeah. I I liked. I liked that he was in there. I guess I liked that it paid homage to him, but I hated the accent they gave him. It was terrible. It looked and sounded spot on. Yeah, I agree with Brennan on this one. I agree with Brennan on this one. He yeah. killed again. Ugh. 
it was it was it was frantic and nasally and over the top just like he always is it didn't sound anything like him in my opinion i mean we we could easily just go back and watch two films like side by side and you know do the math but um okay he sounded like more australian though right he is Australian. Oh, I hate Kale the gay. He's not Australian. <laughs> yes, he is. He's not Australian. Yes, the, he, the actor might be Australian, but I don't think his character is Australian. The character's always had like an Australian twang, hasn't it? No, there's I no way. I don't know about that. There's no way. I would, I would definitely notice if there was an Aussie as Michael Myers' doctor. Why do you say that like you're like a like a professional? I mean, I'm, I'm no aficionado. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean it by that, but the, there's a. Uh, I, I like the Australian accent, and um, it's uh, it's something that I would have picked out personally. Okay. Anything else? I also got another era video collection, Yokai Monsters, which is my jam, and. Um, I love yokai, and I love the whole mythology and um, culture behind um, Japanese yokai. And uh, these movies are very fun, very fun. I watched the I rewatched the first one, and uh, yeah, it's just just a really uh, fun movie. I am currently still going through Mass Effect Two. I'm not going to talk about that. I've talked about it enough. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. What have you been watching? Um, thank you. Wait, can I ask you, is Mass Effect 2 the one with the eye surgery scene? I feel like I've asked you this before. Eye surgery scene. Or is, is it Mass Effect 3 where you have to perform laser eye surgery on yourself? I don't remember that. I haven't played these games in like 10 years. Oh, so okay. um, I don't know. I actually don't know. Whichever one is the eye surgery one, that's my favorite Mass Effect. But I can tell you that it's not in one, and I'm about 10 hours into two, and it's not in that so far. Okay. But it, it might be three then. But yeah, I I enjoy those games. So Some of the best storytelling, just period. There's, it's, it's so good. Um, that being said, I did currently watch, or not currently, I did watch a few movies. Um, I watched for the first time Donnie Darko. Oh, for the first time. For the first time. Wow. Yeah. Never seen it before. Um, I was telling Brennan uh, prior to the cast that um, when I grew, when I was growing up, uh, Donnie Darko was like really fucking popular when I was in high school. And it was like the cool thing to like. So just by default, I hated it. And I, <laughs> understandable. And I never gave it a chance because people would make it like their persona to like that movie. And, uh, so yeah, I never, I never gave it a view and, um, arrow video shout out to Arrow video. It's OF Red room at checkout. Um, <laughs> they released a really, really cool Donnie Darko 4k limited release. And it's one of my girlfriend's favorite movies. She loves that. So I bought it primarily for her. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it, it was, I was able to watch it for the first time and I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good movie. It has a banger soundtrack. I love the soundtrack in that movie. It's got my boy, Patrick Swayze. I miss him. RIP. Oh yeah. 
and uh, it's just a it's just a good film. Yeah, it was really good. I gave it a four out of five on Letterboxd. Um, four out of five. Four out of five on Letterboxd. Yeah, I gave it a four out of five. Um, I also saw Halloween Kills, and I watched it on Peacock, so I didn't get the theater experience, but I thought it was all right. I thought it was a fun movie, and um. That's that's really all I could say about it. It, it. it didn't have any strong resonance with me. I thought there was some cool stuff. I agree. I thought the Big John, Little John whole scene was awesome. I thought they were probably the best in the movie. My, my favorite kill of the movie was the, uh, the knife block kill when he's just taking the knives out of the block and stabbing the guy. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. And I love the camera just panning around her dying and then showing him, but it's out of focus in the background. It's focus. It's that, that kill on that scene was like exquisite to me. I loved it and uh, was definitely my favorite kill of the movie, but overall as like a Halloween movie, it was all right. I enjoyed it though. I gave it a three and a half out of five on Letterboxd. Originally a three. I'm, I kind of bumped it up a little bit. Um, I also saw the uh, new Dune, and I saw that in theaters in IMAX. Theaters, um, okay. yeah, yeah. I could have uh, saw it on HBO because I have that, but um, <laughs> I could have <laughs> seen it on HBO because I have that. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let me finish. So uh, it's one of my girlfriend's favorite books. So by default, I would have just watched it at home personally because I'm not that excited for it. But she was just over the moon for it. So she wanted to go see it in IMAX and I was long for the ride. And I will say that it was a very entertaining movie. Uh, it's kind of what you would expect, though. A big kind of budget space epic with a, um, a pretty good cast. Uh, a little slow for my taste, but um, the visuals are insane. I can't re- remember the director's name, but I mean, he also did Blade Runner 2049, and that movie looked insane with its color palettes and stuff. He does the same thing here. He really just brings it in, and it looks amazing. It's, it's like really cool to watch. Um, so that was, that was fun. And uh, I bought the Scream Factory uh, Friday the 13th, uh, box set and I started those films last night. I watched Friday the 13th and then I watched part two last night back to back and uh, they're right. They're fun movies. The first one um, is better than part two in my opinion but I think just the acting and everything is really good in one but well not really good but you know for its time and what it's trying to do uh, but two is all right. It was actually worse than I remembered. I I thought I liked part two more than one, but I, it's definitely the other way around. Hmm. But other than that, um, those have been my viewings. Oh, one final thing. Next week, I'm getting the Arrow Video Collector's Edition Deep Red 4K, and I'm very oh, excited about that. Red Room. Huh? What's that? Oh, oh uh, Red Room. Yeah. Red Room. Correct. And uh, I actually ordered two copies of it. So why? Uh, okay, so I got the um, U.S. cover to open and watch, and then oh, I got you? the okay, and then I got the Italian uh, special edition cover to keep wrapped. 
Well, so, what's that Mr. Moneybags over What a here? weirdo. Ah, it's okay. So in my defense, <laughs> he passed and, go. He collected $200. $200. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite slashers of all time. Thank you, Ian, for showing me that movie. Um, You're welcome. It's a fucking, it's one of my favorite movies, period. So I felt like, and, and, and it's an Arrow video release. So like, I just had to do it. And plus they each come with two different um, posters. One, I guess it yeah. doesn't matter because I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to open the other one. But um, yeah, I just wanted them and I'm excited. So, and so then I you, also, <laughs> last, last one. Jesus last one, last I was going to build off because I also got um, oh, like, one of those releases. I um, got the a bird with the crystal plumage, I believe it's called. Um, an Ario Agento that I have not seen. And unfortunately, I, I can't watch it because it's, it's only the 4K disc. <laughs> I have not seen it either. Uh, if you want one of these weekends, you should just okay. come over and you should watch it. Um, and then lastly, it kind of ties in with Trick or Treat. Um, I've never seen Krampus. Have you guys seen Krampus? Oh, yeah. Saw that in theaters. Awesome. Awesome. It's directed by the same guy who directed <laughs> Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. And uh, their Aero video... Or no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Screen Factory is releasing a 4K edition on December something. I forgot. But... I pre-ordered that from Amazon so I could watch it because my girlfriend enjoys it. I've never seen it. So there, that concludes what I've been doing. There were uh, two other things I forgot to mention on mine. If I could just have one quick second. Absolutely. We have all the time in the world. Uh, first, uh, one of the things I have been playing recently that I don't know how I forgot about it. Uh, I've been playing the uh, the Halloween, uh, the season six Halloween uh uh, Call of Duty update for it's for Modern Warfare and I also think for Black Ops, uh, but it's the Haunting of Verdansk, and it is so fucking fun. So one of the uh, the the two bundles that they released for Halloween this year, one is Frank the Bunny, which is their Donnie Darko pack, um, and the other is Scream. They actually, you know, last year they got Jigsaw and they got uh, Leatherface. Um, and this year, I think that those are really, th- those are two really awesome intellectual or it, it, properties for them to to get copywritten into the game or to you know just flat out buy the copyright. And uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I didn't. I haven't looked on IMDb, but I'm pretty sure they got Roger Wilson, uh, the guy who did mm. the uh, the voice of Ghostface in, yeah, in the, the caller, film. right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. caller. Um, they got it. It sounds if it's not him, it sounds so fucking close. But they, uh, there's so many scream lines that are recorded. And so, the cool thing I don't know if you guys remember the zombie event that they had last year for the Halloween yeah. update, where you know, you were a zombie if you were in uh, uh, the battle royale, if you died, you would come back as a zombie, you would have to collect two souls, and then you could come back into the game. Uh, this year. If you uh, the entire place is covered in fog, also it's so cool. I'm I'm just gushing now, uh, but yeah. So if you die in battle royale, you come back as a ghost. You have to collect three spirits, and then you can come back. And unlike last year, this time when you come back, you have your entire loadout, so you don't have to fucking worry about trying to you know find a uh, your your loadout box or anything like that. So I just think that they really hit it out of the park with this year's. Um, 
it doesn't feel like they've upped it from last year, but it definitely feels like it's on the same plane. And uh, I did have to shell out 20 bucks just for the ghost face skin. Uh, but I'm not really complaining about that because I've been using it nonstop since. Yeah, I regret not getting the uh, the uh, saw one from last year. Oh, dude, in the confession is, uh, I forget which gun it is, uh, but it has red tracer bullets in it. Oh, you just fucking laser people with it. That's interesting. Dude, we still got to play. We still got to yes. play some, uh, some I did. Warzone, I, did sure. I did accept your friend request. I saw that. I saw that. Um, but um, the, other, the other one thing that I forgot to mention real quick about Halloween Kills, and uh, I think, Kyle, I messaged you this. My, I, I was messaging you my live reactions during the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the hospital scene in I don't know maybe I'm just a little pussy but nope, nope I, you're not I, I know what you're gonna say there's like I don't want to call it PTSD because that's not what it is but that January 6th insurrection just really fucked me up it, it shows how really fucking horrible people can be um, so I feel like I have some weird PTSD type effect coming regarding that. And the scene in the hospital in Halloween kills just gave me such J six vibes that I, I was just so like viscerally uncomfortable and it, it like, it really got to me. This, yeah, that scene. So, I mean, I, I personally have had an outlook that, of how evil people could be before comparing it to Halloween kills that scene. But, um, that being said, yeah, uh, that scene was intense. I actually felt really bad for the, uh, Figaro guy. Yeah. Oh my God. That scene was, uh, actually very sad. And, uh, yeah, I felt it. It was emotional. Um, and his death was, was pretty cool. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. He, he went out, pretty crazy like his yeah. it was nuts but uh, uh that that's all that i wanted to say I, I meant to bring those two things up and i just blanked on them but that's all i got well on that note we are covering today the two 2007 film trick-or-treat however i'm currently taking the approach that this is a 2009 film when we go over this right now um is that when it released so yeah, so the movie was shown off in or at film festivals in 2007. Um, for one reason or another, it was delayed for two years and didn't release. So the public never saw this until 2009. It gotcha. didn't even release in theaters, and it went straight to DVD and Blu-ray. So the first time anybody got this in their hands was 2009. So that's why I'm kind of treating it that way, even though technically this was probably filmed either in 2006 and 2007. I understand that, but gotcha. um, nobody got it in their hands until 09. So that's how I'm going to uh, count this movie going forward. Okay. Um, five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. An everyday high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. A college virgin might have just met the guy for her. A group of teenagers pull a mean prank. A woman who loathes the night has to contend with her holiday-obsessed husband. And a mean old man meets his match with a demonic supernatural trick-or-treater. Sam. Sam. 
before we get into the film here, let's get into the logistics, people. Now, there is not too much because this movie did not release in theaters, but I could tell you that the budget was $12 million. And so far, the estimated domestic video sales just here is 12,308,372. Now, I'm not sure when that time frame cuts off because the last reporting for the weekly U.S. sales was September 19th of 2010. So it was about a year after it came out, a little less than a year. So if what I'm reading is correct, it made $12 million in its first year just off of the Blu-ray sales. If the website, the numbers, is reporting it this way. But that's what it's looking like. So it made its money back um, and then some. Isn't there a Scream Factory release of this movie? There yes. is. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there is a Scream Factory. And like I said before, I'm treating this as a 2009 film. So we're going to go over a few of the top performers in the horror genre of 2009. Oh, such a big. So number one, uh, taking the crown for 2009 is Paranormal Activity. Wow. Number two, The Final Destination. Is that? That's going to be the five. fourth one, right? I think no, that is five. actually the, the final one, right? One, two, three, four. Is it's, the one, it, it's the one with David Koechner. Oh, there is five. Is that the bus one? Do we go over this like every time? <laughs> we went over this I last like year. We <laughs> I feel like we do. <laughs> Um, number three, keep in mind, if you guys have anything to elaborate on these, go for it. But, um, I'm just going to keep railing down the list here. Uh, three is the Friday, the 13th remake, which I still haven't seen. I haven't seen it. I dig it. It has Jared Padalecki. And I just think the, that's Sam Winchester from Supernatural. And he's also, uh, the guy from House of Wax. He's in House of Wax, the remake with Paris Hilton. Gotcha, gotcha. One of your favorite movies of all time. It's a they good also have a Scream Factory edition of that too. Yeah. Oh shit, do they? I they might do buy that. Yeah. Um, it's uh that Friday the Thirteenth remake is in my Friday the Thirteenth box set, so eventually I'm going to get to it. But it's it's obviously towards the end. Um, number four is the Haunting in Connecticut. Ooh, such a banger. I like, it. I like I like the cover. Or oh like yeah, the, the, the poster a, art with the, the the kid and the, like the weird yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. This, I can picture uh, it. This really scared me growing up. I was about ten when this came out, so it was uh, it was one of the movies that uh, that was frightening for me growing up. Fair enough. It has really good scares too. It's a, it's actually a pretty underrated movie. I need it's to see easy. it. There's a lot of mainstream horror I haven't seen for one reason or another, but um. Uh, in honor of Georgie, I'm going to skip number five and go to six, which is the unborn. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the <What>? unborn, <laughs> the unborn. Haven't seen it. Uh, number seven, drag me to hell. Sam Raimi movie. That one's kind of a banger. I, I enjoy it. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, most of Sam Raimi's movies are pretty fun. Uh, ho- number eight is Halloween two, uh, which is the Rob Zombie Halloween two. It's the one with Weird Al. Does it have Weird Al in it? Yeah. Interesting. Um, number nine is The Last House on the Left, which is the remake. Is that the one with... Uh, well, I almost said Jennifer Lopez. Uh, Jennifer... Is that her name? The girl from 
uh, Hunger Games, Katniss Everdeen. Uh, I don't yeah, what? think no, I don't know. So you're thinking of the house at the end of the street. Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and then number 10, rounding it out, is The Uninvited. Terrible, terrible remake. Yeah, Jesus there, Christ, that movie sucks. Never saw it. There's a 209 horror movies that, that you skipped that I thought were pretty solid. Oh, we're getting the uh, red. Oh, we're getting okay. the okay. We're getting the red. I feel like I'm always jumping the gun on this. <laughs> so we also got the human centipede that year, which I know that's what Brendan was trying to get to. No, actually, um, it, it wasn't. Have... It was... <laughs> I know which one he's getting to. We have Coraline, which is one of Ian's favorites. One of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, we have humor, um, horror comedy, Zombieland. Um, oh. We have Pandorum, which I haven't seen, but gets um, compared to Danny Boyle's Sunshine by Ian Lott. <laughs> so I still don't know if the comparison is accurate, but we'll find out eventually. This is the better version uh, of both movies. I disown it. Dennis Quaid in that? Yes. I love yeah. him. Um, Brennan, what were you going to get to? Uh, well, the first one is Orphan. Orphan, yeah. Yeah, fuck. That okay. movie's fantastic. Never seen it. Uh, the other is Antichrist. Yeah, never seen, seen it. Good old, good old, good old Lars von Trier's Antichrist. Willem Dafoe. I need to see it. He hangs yeah. dong. Oh, he hangs dong too. I yeah. heard William is like really hanging. He's they actually. Like <laughs> yeah, like I heard he's <laughs> really hanging. In, in uh, I have the Criterion collection of it, and there's some like interviews and shit. And one of them was the day that they were gonna film the the dick scene, they were just going to use Willem Dafoe's dick. And Lars von Trier said he has the most inhuman looking penis that they yeah. could not yeah. film it. I've actually read that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have George Romero's Survival of the Dead. That, um, that's the found footage one, I believe. That is no. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It is the found footage one. Um it. I like it. I thought it's good. Um, we also have The Descent Part 2, which I've never seen. And I'll just end it here, uh, and I'll see if Ian has anything to comment on. We have Thirst. That's a movie. Okay. <laughs> I was actually very hyped for that movie, and um, upon watch, nah, not for me. Uh, it's it's all right. It's all right though. Parching Luke though, great director. Well, we got the gas put in. Mitch, can you start revving that chainsaw real quick, please? Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Mitch. You're always there for me. Um, so we're gonna cover the 2010 Chainsaw Awards just because, like I said, to reiterate again, um, I'm counting this movie for 2009. Um, it actually did win some categories. Trick or Treat took home some awards this year. Um, so Chainsaw Awards Best Actor goes to Jesse Eisenberg in Zombieland. Um, That's deserved. He was good in it, yeah. But he was also up against like Vigo Mortensen in The Road, Ooh. which Ooh. I, thought, I thought that was a heavy hitter, personally. That's a good film. Good book, too. Um, we have Trick or Treat taking home Best Limited Release Direct-to-Video Film. Um, which, I mean, I would say that that makes sense. Th th this movie should have been in theaters personally, but 
if anything, it should have won that. It was going up against Martyrs, though, and uh, Wreck, which I've never seen, but but I've heard pretty good things about Wreck. Martyrs, the remake? Um, Martyrs, the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the remake. Um... And then the best score was Drag Me to Hell. Um, it won over The House of the Devil, which I thought had a pretty good, pretty good score personally. But um, Christopher Young did the score for that. He did the music for Sinister and also the Grudge remake. Mm. So he's got, he's got some chops in there. Um, best Supporting Actor, another trick-or-treat win, is for Dylan Baker. He was the principal. The serial killer. Nice. He and, is such a good actor. What else do you know him from? Uh, happiness. Have you guys ever seen? Have you ever seen Happiness? Uh, I mean, it's I don't a, even know what that is. It's happiness? a Todd Salons movie. Uh, but I know you gave it a ten out of ten on uh, Letterbox. So. Oh, uh, it is. It is so fucked up in so many ways. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I have a bot in the Discord called Letterbox Stalker, but I am the actual Letterbox Stalker. Oh, <laughs> I am the, the yeah. The you I didn't am, know I gave Tony Darko a four out of five. Cool. The <laughs> um, the IMDb for happiness is the lives of several individuals intertwine as they go about their lives in their own unique ways, engaging in acts society as a whole might find disturbing in a desperate search for human uh, connection, and it has uh, it has. Dylan Baker, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, John Lovitz. Like, it is a wild movie. I'll have to check that out. That sounds good. He was going up against uh, Tom Noonan. Uh, He's in The House of the Devil. Devil. Now, I mean, what I know him from, and Brennan, you can appreciate this as well, is he's the axe killer in Last Action Hero. hero. (laughs) Right, baby. So, uh, yeah. I'll be back. Okay, that's it. Uh, best wide release film, uh, Drag Me to Hell took that over Paranormal Activity, The Road, Zombieland, and The Last House on the Left. A little surprising, personally. I'm a, I like Drag Me to Hell, but I would have... I mean, I, I probably would have given to The Road, honestly. I like that movie a lot. And worst film was... The Friday the Thirteenth remake, it, <laughs> That's and fair. it was and it was going up against Halloween, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. <laughs> <That's> funny, <laughs> Jason and Michael Myers going head to head that year, and uh, it also went up against Paranormal Activity, The Final Destination, The Box, and The Twilight Saga: New Moon. Ugh, the Box is so bad. And last but not least, uh, the Fangoria Hall of Fame this year, there was two winners, Tobin Bell from Saw. I mean, he's in other things as well, but which um, he's, he's Jigsaw. What if, what if instead of saying Tobin Bell from Saw, they were like, Tobin Bell from Seinfeld? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd be in it. And then your boy Tom Atkins. Oh, Tom Atkins, hell yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 80s legend. Star of uh, the yeah. greatest Halloween, second greatest Halloween movie now of uh, the franchise. I need to rewatch it. Wait, are you trolling or do you really think that? 
do do I well I mean initially Halloween 3 was my favorite film of the Hollywood the, of the the Halloween franchise but I mean now it's now it's Halloween kills so season of the witch got bumped down the number 2 Brighton's so edgy but also <laughs> also Night of the Creeps he's great in Night of the Creeps I Night of the Creeps is good <laughs> I think he's very creepy in Halloween 3 uh I just think that is a ugh, ugh, weird character. Uh, I know him from Maniac Cop, though, which is oh, pretty good. Pretty good. He's in the fog, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's what I've seen him in. Um, I've only seen Halloween three like once in my entire life, so I can't comment on that. So um, for Shamrock, but... baby. So trick or treat, and uh, it's directed by Michael Dougherty. I think it's Doherty. Doherty? Okay. It's directed by Michael Doherty. Um, He's known for directing Krampus, and he also wrote X2, X-Men United, which, in my opinion, is arguably the best X-Men movie out of the Fox X-Men timeline. Is that Uh, the Juggernaut? No, that's three, which is not that bad. That's like Last Stand, I think. it's. You would be a Last Stand fan. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. I was just asking. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to plot out the timeline of the, the X Men movies that I saw when I was eight. Yeah, so I mean, it makes sense. Uh, we also got Brian Singer, who directed the X Men movies. Known, I believe he was a writer pe- on this, known or no, he's a producer on this. Yeah, he, he, he's a, a. I think he's a pro- producer. Yeah, and yeah. a pedophile, and a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then all the titles we <laughs> he, he writer, takes producer, <laughs> writer, producer, director, and pedophile. Uh, we also have Anna Paquin. She played Rogue in the X Men movies, and Brian Cox uh, yeah. played Striker in X Two. So we got some crossover going on in here. Um, but yeah, this movie contains five little mini stories that interconnect within each other takes place on Halloween with Sam being the uh, the main character, if you will, and kind of like representing uh, the spirit of Halloween. Um, I guess we'll get right into it now, guys. We're finally getting into Trick or Treat, and it's only been 42 minutes. <laughs> hey, so. hey, hey like, isn't, isn't 42 the universal number? Uh, of Satan? Uh, of Satan. No, six, no. six, six, the number <laughs> of the beings. I was making a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. Oh, never seen it or read it. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so yeah, trick or treat, guys. Um, Brendan, we're going to start with you. You know what? No, I changed my mind. Ian, we're going to start with you. What are your thoughts on trick or treat? It's a very fun movie. Uh, it's a very Halloween-y. halloween Halloween. Um, I think it's probably it's <laughs> it's either a really well done anthology film, or it's or I can see it being. Ah, I mean, it's it's very different from other anthology films, just because it's it's very interlocked, um, and it it feels like of the same world. Mm-hmm. It's definitely it's it's definitely its own thing, and I think I think that makes it pretty great i think it makes it um stand out 
amongst other anthology films. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, it's just it's a very uh, well done anthology, and it's it's very fun. I'm gonna go second because I kind of mirror what you said, Ian. It is a fun movie, and um, the first viewing, I didn't particularly enjoy it, but I was also um, heavily intoxicated and going in as a hater because, like I said, <laughs> same thing with Donnie Darko. Things that are overhyped, I just immediately oh go in with a critical eye. And so that's what I did the first time, and I didn't enjoy it. But this, the second time, actually sitting down and giving it a proper viewing, I actually really um, thought this was fun. And I agree with you in the sense that it being interlocked and not separated segmentally by different directors kind of makes this stand out amongst other anthology films. And it's it's interesting because usually if you're not really into a, a particular story or style you have another one just waiting in the chamber to be shot out pretty soon. But this does that, but you're still going to get his directing and his writing and his style just with a different story. And I think some are more entertaining than others. But overall, um, I think this movie kind of does... I, like, I get why people watch it every Halloween. I get why it's become a mainstream with the theme of Halloween. I get that. And... Um, I enjoyed myself. It was cool. Brennan, what's up? Did you hear that? I did hear it. Yeah. What are we drinking? Uh, got some Coronies. Got some Ronies, dude. All right. Yeah. Got extra because I haven't been able to find that back home in Jersey and I'm in DC right now. So I was able to find it at the grocery store. Um, so bear with me for a second here on this. Okay. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a bold statement that okay. I've watched this movie so many times, and it wasn't until the viewing four or five nights ago that I came to this opinion. This movie is a Tarantino Halloween movie. I mean, that's I mean, I I get your comparison. Like Taran, uh, let's start with writing. Tarantino, obviously, and I'm I'm talking more more early early Tarantino. Um, you know, before he was super famous, he always had a weirdly stacked cast. This film has a weirdly stacked cast because uh, you know mainly Anna Paquin, uh, um, <laughs> uh, you have Brian Cox, Dylan Baker. I mean, like those are some some fairly big name actors that you have for your anthology film. Uh, like Tarantino, the writing is very distinct and it stays the same type of writing style throughout the entire thing, which is something that Tarantino obviously does. Uh, the Tarantino obviously figured out his directing style early and kept it consistent. Uh, uh, Mike Doherty obviously has a very consistent and thorough directing style that, that he keeps the same. Um, not that Tarantino has ever really done an anthology film, but you know, this is very fragmented, like a Tarantino film, especially, you know, when you see, uh, characters from a later story appear in the background of like an earlier story kind of, you know, to create the timeline. Uh, I think that's very Tarantino. It, it, it feels a bit Tarantino-y. Um, and the movie is, it's very reserved throughout the entire thing, but 
like Tarantino, whenever you get to a spot of violence, the violence is so over the top and graphic uh, that it makes up for the lack of violence and blood and horror that you've seen up to that point. So that's my thought. Okay. So I I thought I'd have more of a pushback on that. No, I mean, I get it from like, just from this second viewing alone. I like, I, I understand what you mean. It's the movie begins and ends with the same segment, similar to the diner scene in Pulp Fiction. And like, I get like, I get the comparisons. Um, Wait, is com- Pulp Fiction not an anthology film? No. I mean, I guess you I, well, could yeah, I technically. Guess you could, technically. Oh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. I think I just found my next article. <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah, that's insane. Um, so, yeah, no, I get the comparison. And uh, we'll start with the first kind of opening act. Um, which, like I said, uh, the opening scene starts with pretty much the ending of the movie. Um, a girl named Emma and her Halloween-loving husband Henry return return home after a celebratory night, and she starts to make a huge fuss about the decorations and wants to take them down immediately. F- first red flag for Sam. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, and, and for us as well, well, and for her husband, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Sam witnesses this from across the street as the, uh, like the first person camera is showing. What do you guys think? Um, Ian, we'll start with you again. Um, what do you guys think of the opening kind of segment of it? I liked it. Um, I think this is a very safe film in the sense that you kind of know what's going to happen. Um, especially when she's like taking the, uh, curtains off the, uh, what, what what would you call that? The, the scarecrows. Yeah, the scarecrows. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, like what the foreshadowing is going to be there. Um, but I did like I did like the execution. Um, she kind of deserved it for being such a bitch. Um, look at Halloween, bitch, Jesus. Uh, I mean, she she did say that her mother was returning or was coming over the next day and she would throw a fit if all the Halloween decorations were up. So she was obviously raised by a bitch, which kind of by <laughs> made her a bitch. So, <laughs> but continue. Yeah, that's, that is weird though, right? Like it, My mom like a day before Halloween. <laughs> right? She's going to freak out a day after Halloween. Yeah. If, if the stuff is still out. Yeah. Take there's uh, there's unfortunately people like that out there. So, Ugh. Yucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's a very uh, it was it was a very uh, safe um, story, I guess, and I, I liked uh, their cameos, I guess, in the other uh, stories as well. Cool, Brendan. Um, I'd like to start by saying I'm glad that my mom is not like her mom. Uh, my mom loves Halloween. So, she's rad. Um, Hell yeah, Brennan's mom. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I I think that this is a really nice tight opening. Uh, she sends uh, she sends her husband inside because he's all getting horned up, and she's like, "Go watch the nature special," <laughs> which 
kind of makes me believe that they have a child that they have to hide a VHS tape and label it nature special just when they want to watch some porn. Um, granted, it was 2009, but... Seven, technically, but... Two thousand. Oh, yeah, 2007. Okay, makes more sense now. Um, no, I think that this is just a really fun way to open it. I love when you get uh, Sam's point of view and the, there's like a... You can the camera's like showing through his sack, like the sack that he has over his head. I think that's really neat. Um, but no, this one it's super fucking bloody once it gets to that point, and I think that it kind of sets up good expectations for the rest of the film. I don't have much else to say. I agree with both of you guys. Um, I think it's something that's. It makes it cool that you see them pop up, you know, very, you know, kind of subtly throughout the other parts of the movie because it kind of adds like a timeline, a timestamp to what's going on. And I think the opening was cool. It was fine. Um, it was fun. And uh, I like how it wraps around towards the end. The next is probably my favorite, which is the principal. Um, Charlie, which is an overweight vandal who smashes jack lanterns, is caught by stealing candy from an unattended bowl left by his school principal, Stephen Wilkins. Um, Stephen Wilkins, principal, uh, everyday family man of this small town in Ohio, I think it is. Uh, he's a serial killer. And he uses this one night to disguise himself and wreak havoc upon the town. Um, I thought this was probably the best story arc, in my opinion. Um, a lot of twists and turns because he actually pops up in, like, more prominently in the other storylines, being the, you know, the fake vampire um, preying on women through the streets and um, just in his own, you know, kind of timeline, him killing the kid, killing multiple kids and burying them. He's just psychopath. And I like how... Uh, the whole basement scene, I like the twist, how like his his kids kind of not I, I wouldn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily say in on it because he's probably too young to comprehend what's right and wrong mm -hmm. to a certain extent. But uh just the fact that he's like raising like a little psychopath and I thought that was a cool twist. Um but this one was fun to me. I thought the banter between him and the neighbor were really fun. And uh how that kind of wraps around and like when what his are you son, doing down there yeah. bodies <laughs> yeah and when his son kept trying to yell at him and he was just getting so frustrated and like trying to kill the kid or like knock him out as he was trying to bury him i thought that was uh i thought, I thought that was fun entertaining um brennan we'll start with you what do you think well uh, a question i have for both of you is how do you feel about the misdirection on there because you see you see uh principal wilkins burying the body and the body's still moving oh i see what you're saying this is a question yeah. i was actually gonna ask yeah. yeah so you see the body still moving and uh this actually is another I, i'm i guess i'm kind of bringing up two points did you guys notice how whenever the story is told from someone else's direction there's a little bit of difference between it because uh from uh, Principal Wilkins' perspective, uh, Brian Cox says, what are you doing down there? 
hind bodies. And then when it's from his perspective, he says the line, but it's like audibly different. I, there's like, he takes like an extra breath between what are you doing down there and hiding bodies. So I thought that that's interesting where, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, whenever you hear something from someone's perspective, it's just slightly different from, from the other person's perspective when you get it later on in the film. And I thought that, that was interesting. It kind of points out how, you know, everyone kind of goes through the same thing, but there's, they interpret it's, it a little it's, differently. It, everyone's interpretation of the event is probably slightly different from what actually happened. So I think that that's, uh, I think that that's pretty cool. Um, but so yeah, so the the principal Wilkins puts the body in the ground. It's still moving, um, and he has to pretty much keep it silent while Brian Cox is talking to him. Uh, which I what what's his name in this Heeg? Because I. I I feel bad that I just keep calling Mr. Uh, Krieg. It's Krieg. Yeah. yeah. Krieg Wilkins, I think. Uh, no, no. So, no. Wilkins is the, the <laughs> yeah. principal, Norman. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, Stephen Wilkins? Yeah. Stephen Wilkins <laughs> is the principal. Okay. Um, so then, so we see him burying the body that's still moving. And then he goes inside to, you know, we assume that he might be carving a jack-o'-lantern with his son. His son has that really eerie line of, um, oh, where is it? Um, Make the eyes scary this yeah, time or something? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm going to need some help with the eyes. And I thought that that was a great fucking line. Um, but yeah, so they, they go downstairs and the camera makes it look like he's stabbing his son in the head. And then it pulls back and you see that it's a uh, bad Santa kid. Um, and I, I, so how do you guys feel? I'm sorry, back to my initial question. How do you guys feel about that misdirection? Ian, I'll let you go first. I didn't like it. And I guess it didn't really make sense to me. Um, he was burying the body and it was moving and he buried the body. Correct. And, and making muffling, muffled noises. Yeah. Yeah. So how did he get the head? Downstairs. He's obviously killed more than one kid that night. Well, that was the oh, okay. Or, or is he just fucking crazy? And in his crazed state of mind, when his neighbor started talking to him, did he think, you know, he's he's killed many, many, many people? Obviously. Oh wait, I wonder if the first person that he was burying was the person. No, because he left that drunk girl. I think on, there was like a. Uh, maybe my memory is, is tricking me, but I, I could have sworn there was like two or three body bags on top of that pile. Like, I, sure. like I think there was more than one. There's a bunch. I, I just assumed that they were from previous Halloweens, but okay. I guess, yeah, they, they could have been that night. That makes more sense. That's Cause why I mean, it's okay. We, yeah, because we've seen him kill two people. Well, I mean, at this point, we've, we've seen him kill one person, but at the end, we we know that he's killed at least two people that night. So it could be someone else's body, but it it you know it is some really blatant misdirection if that's not the route they were going that that I, Mike Dorian I, was going. Yeah, I personally liked it. I uh, like I thought the uh, just just the whole him raising a serial killer is like really fucked up and. Um, just the idea of that is like to expose 
like such an innocent mind and normalize killing people is just really fucked up and i think that's cool so i i actually enjoyed the twist to that and the misdirection um this was like one of the better ones for me as far as like the the uh like the timelines so also the little kid says charlie brown's an asshole yeah. which should be the, that should be the tagline of this movie i think <laughs> um but no, the only other thing that I had to say was uh, when uh, Charlie pukes up all the blood candy. I thought that that looked like there's obviously some tube, some some yeah, some tube, and a lot of movies don't make it look good. But this just looked so visceral and just obscene. I loved it. Yeah, I thought I thought it looked really good. Next, we have the Halloween school bus massacre. A group of trick-or-treaters, Macy, Sarah, Chip, and Schrader, are collecting jack-o'-lanterns to honor the dead of the kids that were killed in the school bus massacre. And they bring along with them a said-to-be savant to join the group and play a trick on them, or on her. Um, Ian? I, okay, no, sorry. No? Brennan, what's up? Yeah, it's just I didn't think about this when you said savant. They just straight up call her the R word in the movie. So I think that it's that it's funny how they say savant in yeah. the in the description. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ian. Go ahead. They call her Rhonda the retard. Is that what uh, you're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mitch, bleep that out. <laughs> That's 2009 humor right there. You can't get away that in 2007. 2007. At least they don't call anyone like gay or the F word. So, I mean, there's shitty people out there. We're allowed to it make a movie them, where there's people yeah. portrayed as shitty people. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just not saying it's right. I'm just saying they're out there. It's for character development reasons, Brendan. I wouldn't say uh, development, yes. but, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, oh, am I going first on this one? Yeah. Uh, upon first watch, this one uh, kind of stood out to me a little more. I think I liked this one out of out of all the stories the most, uh, just because it was it was very creepy. I liked the I liked how creepy the story was. Um, but upon second viewing, um, as a twenty two year old, I thought it was very uh, Disney original after school special kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it, it's still all right. I, I I mean it's pretty obvious. I didn't I, I feel like I didn't even need to see um see this movie once before uh to know like they were playing a prank on her. I mean it's 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 blatant. Uh and that goes back to the to the statement I made earlier, which it's it's a very safe movie and it's very predictable. I but agree. I like I like the uh the flashback um scene. Yeah, that's probably the biggest takeaway for me personally is the uh the flashback scene um i felt bad for the kids and um if that was their goal mission accomplished but um aside from like the spooky setting in like the quarry i guess you can call it a quarry or whatever the hell it was um the like the like the kids coming back from the dead like looked cool but other than that, it didn't really do much for me. I agree with you. It does 
feel like a very like while watching that part of the film i almost had the same feeling you did where i was like this feels very like uh don't be afraid of the dark or like mm-hmm. goosebumps kind of like vibe i was kidding but like not in a bad way per se but just like that threshold of uh of age i, I don't know how to explain it but brennan what do you think about this one well, since Ian decided to age drop as a 27-year-old, this one oh, feels shoot. very Scooby-Doo to me. <laughs> um, mainly because I feel like Rhonda was giving off a Velma-esque portrayal. Um, and I mean, she even has the part where she drops her glasses and basically says, my glasses, you know, which Velma does in, in every episode of Scooby-Doo. I don't think she said uh, my glasses, but go ahead. No, no, she doesn't. <laughs> my glasses, my glasses. Um, but the other—it uh, is every episode, though. Um, one of the things that I read, don't know how true it is, but apparently all the kids in the bus scene were portrayed, were, were played by kids who had actual intellectual and physical disabilities, and in the note says that they had a blast on set. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's cool. I don't know how I feel about that. Um but no, I I guess I can I can't I I want to agree with you guys saying that this is a safe movie, but I I don't think that it is whatsoever. I um I think that it's a very unsafe movie and I will once we get to the next segment, I think I will kind of uh spill the beans on why I feel that way. Um but I I absolutely love this this uh, this storyline. Um, I love how Rhonda pretty much at the end is just like, no, nah, screw you guys. You tried to mess with me. Now I'm just going up. Enjoy the rest of your life. So or what get, left you have of it? Yeah. What what what's left of the life? So surprise parties. The next one and. Lori, a self-conscious young woman, arrives in town with her sister, Danielle, and friends. Um, So this one is essentially a group of werewolves. And they travel from town to town, pretty much preying on the townsfolk of wherever they go. And uh, Brendan, we'll start with you. Uh, Spill the beans on why this is an unsafe movie. Uh, I think... (laughs) Um, well, one, I do like how this is uh, this is the end of Steve Wilkins' storyline. Me too. Yeah, me um, too. And I think that, you know, the first time I saw... So the first time I saw this uh, was in 2010. My mom had... Uh, she owned a gym back home, and we had a lot of uh, gym members that we were really close to. And uh, one of them was a big fan of horror movies, so he was like, you guys got to see this movie. It's great. And so what he told us, and I, I now realize is not true. He said that the movie was banned from theaters for how many children they've killed in the movie. Um, I, did, I, I did a little research, and uh, yeah. that was definitely one of the reasons why they thought it might have been pushed back two years is that they were figuring out how to market a movie where they kill so many children in it. 
Yeah, but but that was not the reason why it didn't have a theatrical release. I agree with you. Uh, which, so, you know, at, at the time, I, I probably should have prefaced all of this with that. So, you know, when I watched the movie that first time, it kind of felt like something that I sh- that we shouldn't be watching, um, which definitely gave it some appeal. Um, but so with that aside and, you know, the, the cool ending to the Steve Wilkins story, um, I really appreciate how they took this werewolf transformation scene and did it all practically. And they did. This was all practical. You know, I, I would assume some of the, the wolf faces and animations were CG for were, sure. Yeah. But the, the transformation scene itself where they literally de-glove themselves, it's just so raw and so real. And I think that the fact that they decided to do that all practical and as gritty as they did it, I think that that's one of the most unsafe things and i mean this in the most positive way it's one of the most unsafe things i've seen in a horror film and i i i would compare that to the firefighter scene in halloween kills it was so out of character for michael myers and so it kind of did feel like a middle finger to the audience like hey at this point we're just killing everyone so be prepared um so I, I, I obviously those two scenes don't don't uh, correlate too much, but that's at this point that's kind of how I, I look at those two scenes in their respective films. I don't know if we're on the same wavelength as far as what's safe and unsafe and like the reasonings behind. I mean the wolf. No, the I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Ho- I'm not saying that Halloween Kills is uns- is is unsafe well, i i don't I, I don't mean to core i mean i'm trying to correlate them as important moments in their respective film okay yeah we'll we'll so ian what do you think about this one the surprise love it. pretty one love okay. it 100 um i'm a big fan of werewolves and the the whole misdirection lead up everything was great mm-hmm. uh the story um i love Suki. Okay. So great. Um, the transformation scene is probably one of my favorites. Um, the buildup, the when that Marilyn Manson song comes on it came again, back. it came back. <laughs> Woo! Is this the Sweet Dreams cast? <laughs> um, I think. Oh man, they both hit pretty hard. Um, in, in both the movies we covered, uh, what was it? Uh, House, House on Haunted Hill. Hill remake. Yeah. House on Haunted Hill remake. I think they both hit pretty hard, but my first interaction with that, uh, song in a movie was this scene and mm. oh my God, did it hit? Um, yeah. Back to what Brennan said, the like, um, ripping of their skin, almost like taking, taking their clothes off. I mean, they, they were like in their goals. Um, but taking their skin off the way they did, oh, just a, it, it was a really, really great scene. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was the strongest, in, in my opinion, and my favorite. This one's great. Just all around great. I mean, every single scene, the misdirection is perfect. 
the twist where it's not really a vampire, but then we're gonna twist it again, and it's the principal. <laughs> There's like a twist yeah. on it, like a twist on a twist was great. Um, and the transformation scene, I agree with you, was brutal, bloody, and just dope, dude. Like it was a lot of fun. This was probably visually the highlight of the movie. Obviously, I mean, I, not probably it was. It was the highlight of the movie visually, and. uh it was a great scene. I had a lot of fun with this one. And I'm glad that they combined my favorite scene with the principal, like his, his wraparound ending, like showing his, his end, his demise. Like I like how it led to this. And I, I think it was a cool story arc for the principal. And I think it was a cool, you know, end to the, uh, the girl group. I thought it was cool. Well, and it also kind of starts the storyline for the shot for his kid. Because after this, we see his kid handing out the candy. Where, yeah, wearing his mm-hmm. bloody T-shirt from killing Charlie. And honestly, I kind of, I would kind of be down to see like a twenty years later story or film, be it short or feature, for this kid. Yeah, I would too. And honestly, I mean, there's been some things thrown around that Trick or Treat twos in to the um in development but like that was back in 2016 so yeah. i think if they would have done something they would probably would have done it already and it, it still might happen who knows but um i agree with you i think what, uh that whole it was uh, cool. trick or treat 20 20 years later okay we're gonna move on um i think if all <laughs> hallows eve can get a sequel this can it's a it's a damn shame that this one if terrifier if terrifier can get a sequel i think the sequel to terrifier is good so relax wait there's a sequel to terrifier or no 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 no, i'm sorry terrifier is the sequel to what all hollows eve right all hollows eve yeah it's a spin okay i like garbage i i fucking hate it so much i didn't you you also think halloween kills is one of the best movies ever made so ian ian are you saying you like terrifier (laughs) um yeah it's it's all right yeah it's all right i'll i'll go on the record saying terrifier was all right as well so we're moving on to (laughs) sam (laughs) sam krieg my boy krieg uh from super troopers yes uh krieg wilkins nope sorry i did that again krieg the i think his last name is krieg okay thank you can you take me higher go on did you know that they're did you know that they're a christian band yeah, obviously. How did you not know they were a Christian band? I just found this out like a month ago. I had no clue. Can you take what? me higher? I had <laughs> <What>? no clue. <laughs> I'm glad we're not doing a music podcast. <laughs> Sam is with Krieg, the Halloween-hating neighbor. Scares away trick-or-treaters at his door, stealing their candy. As the night proceeds, Krieg begins to encounter escalating phenomena. And he runs into Sam. Um, this, the first appearance of his storyline connects with the principal and them bantering through the uh, like the fence before he's attacked by Sam in the window. What do you guys say? Actually, I'll start with this one. Um, I thought this was a cool send off to the movie. Um, it had the most screen time for Sam and 
seeing his okay first of all i just gotta say this and i don't care what you guys think sam is so cute oh no he's great mascot yes poor mascot he is adorable dude sam is adorable there's a funko of sam and i really want it i don't i I only have like two or three funkos because i've never been into collecting them but i really want his yeah i don't collect too many i have a few but they're just of the ones that like i couldn't like help it i had to get it yeah but um yeah so sam's adorable we see his face finally he's still adorable somehow it reminds me of like old school 90s like prosthetic and like monsters um i just really enjoyed this whole scene and i thought the end was really cool how by happens chance sam almost saved his life without knowing it by stabbing the candy bar thus fulfilling the him handing him the treat and sticking to halloween and saving his life i thought that was awesome um but yeah no this one was great brennan thoughts no i i love it It, it's surprisingly wholesome even though there's a whole you know fucking fight in between um sam sam's amazing uh mr krieg he finally learns um the the, yeah he learns the rules he he understands um his dog is so cute as well i love this dog um also this is the second scooby-doo reference that we get in this movie uh where he's scrolling through the tv channels and scooby-doo on zombie island pops up and it just it just mm-hmm. so happens to pop up at the point where uh what are what are the two ladies that that ru- the two ladies that run the island on Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island um it's the moment where they and the boat driver turn into werewolves so that's kind of a a fun little nod to the story that we just saw where you know everyone turned into werewolves I, so i think i thought that, that was that was fun. Um, <clears throat> no, it's this is great. I I love this movie. I I just feel like I'm just I just keep saying that I love this movie because it's so fun. I could get I I'm the, I just feel like I'm trying to be an apologist when I don't need to be. Because stop with I, that, Brennan. Stop. No, this movie speak from your heart. Brennan. This movie speaks for itself, and I appreciate everything that this movie is it doesn't try to be anything that it's not um it's just balls to the wall it's fun and i think it's an unsafe movie and that's why i like it ian bring it home (laughs) um are they werewolves or are they wear or are they whale wolves? <laughs> whale wolves? <laughs> where, where, oh, dude, you, oh, you just messed me up again. Damn it! <laughs> uh, oh, it's call back. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, uh, I don't care anymore. Um, yeah, this one's good. This one's really good. I'm actually super surprised that this doesn't have, like, out of all horror mascots, like, how does this one not have a sequel yet? It's It's so surprising to me. It is strange, yeah. Um, very iconic, Sam. What an adorable little creature he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I, I have mixed feelings on the reveal of his uh of his head and his face. Um, but I do, I did like that it was like a pumpkin. I, I he was like this weird pumpkin kid. Yeah, me too. Um, 
yeah, it has some really good gore um, effects, like with the uh, with the broken shards of glass in his hands, and he's trying to open the lock. That was uh, that was really intense for me. Um, other than that, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's just it's it's a very well done um, story, and I think it captures the spirit of Halloween. Fun fun fact about this movie. Since they couldn't afford the copyright for candies, like, you know, big name candies, they had to make up uh, different names for the candies. So they just used, like, people that were working on the film's last names for the different Mm. candy bars and shit. Hmm. Well, this is one of the few, quote-unquote, cult movies I've seen personally on Rotten Tomatoes that has an audience score lower than the review score. What is it? The critic score. Um, usually with cult movies, it's the other way around because it's first, you know, initially not received very well. And then the audience, you know, grows to love it and the audience score skyrockets. But in this case, it's not. So it's lower. That being said, um, we're going to get, we'll get into that. Um, that being said, uh, we'll go ahead and give our final thoughts and review for Ruminations of Red Room. And Brendan, we're going to start it off with you. I'm going to go 82. Okay. Okay. Ian? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Brendan, do you have any final thoughts or just the rating? It's okay if you don't. It's just... It's just... A fun movie. I think that everyone can find enjoyment in some aspect of the film, be it if you are a novice horror fan, if you're a deep horror fan, I think everyone can find something that they thoroughly enjoy about this movie. Let's hear it, Ian. That was was well said, Brennan. That was well said. Um, Yes, it's a very fun and uh, entertaining movie. Easy watch. I think if if you're not into horror movies, you would still find some enjoyment in this. It's a very very casual um, viewing. Um, I say that. uh, I'm a little desensitized to horror movies by now, but I think it it is very um, uh, general audience friendly. Um, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'm going to give it a... 73. 73. God, dude, we're so much alike now. It's kind of getting weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, it was an entertaining watch. I think it's a fun movie. It can be a fun movie to play every Halloween. I totally understand it. It is an easy watch. It says it's an hour and like 22 minutes, but taking credits aside, it's like an hour and like 17 minutes, maybe. So it's like a long episode of like something on HBO. Yeah, it's like it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty easy to watch. It's quick. It's easy to digest. And I agree with Ian. I'm desensitized to horror now, but I think this is a pretty like entry level horror movie. That being said, I think it's fun. Um, Do I get its cult classic appeal? I get it. Do I agree with it? I don't I don't know, dude, but. I give this movie a 74%. <laughs> so. Is there an echo in here? That's why I said. So that being said, uh, the official Ruminations of Red Rum score for Trick or Treat 
2007. Post is 2009. Is 76%. That's high. We haven't given that one high in a while, guys. Yeah, it's been a while. Seventy-six <laughs> percent. It's been a rough month. Um. Okay. That being said, this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Room, the full-sized candy bar of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you like what we're doing here, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ruminations of Red Room, and on Twitter at of Red Room. That's O F Red Room. And please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and make sure you hit us up with a review on Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. That being said, I'm your host, Kyle. With every kill begins with K. And with me, I have Brendan, the new blood. Don't forget to use our code on Arrow Video. That's OF Red Rum. And check your candy for razor blades and drugs. And Ian, with now, doings. So this is the second cast that I've actually been super hungover, and it's it just totally healed me. So I'm talking to you, Mike from Alaska. Yes, yes, silly drunk. I, I hope. I hope. I hope you, you're healed. I hope you're totally healed. Um, I hope you you do the the Ian ritual of laying in the shower, just contemplating life for about <laughs> an hour straight, just letting the water hit your dead cold body, and it heals you. And I hope you have a good day after that. <laughs> and I never thought I would say this, but go watch Trick or Treat. Stay spooky, folks. <laughs>